Hello there, weary traveler. Welcome to the inn. Sit, sit, rest your feet. Why, it's a long journey on the road to Tarvalon. Have a cup of tea. Or maybe a frothy ale. The light. Why, you're just in time for the entertainment. Here are your hosts, Tracy and Amber. Got it. Okay. Do you want to read this quote? I don't have a preference. (laughs) But I do like this because this is like, this is kind of how I live my life in a lot of ways. (laughs) Do it. Do it. Always plan for the worst. That way all your surprises will be pleasant ones. Baron Mathwin. Hello and welcome back. I'm here with my friend Tracy. I'm here with my friend Amber. And this is the Road to Tarvalin, a Wheel of Time podcast. And today, you lucky, lucky people, (laughs) is another Westlands 101 episode about Varen, one of our very favorite characters in the Wheel of Time. Not even kidding. Love her. She's pretty amazing. Mm -hmm. And just a fair warning to anyone who is new with our Westlands 101 series, the first half will be spoiler free. And then after the break, proceed at your own risk. There will be spoilers. That is a good, good point to make. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. All right. So So, Varen. So Varen, I guess we should start out at, you know, a first glance of Varen. Yeah, kind of I a little agree. bit about her background. Mm-hmm. Because her back, what I okay, her background's really interesting to me. Like for what we know about it and what we don't know about it, and so I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, um, especially in particular with her being born in Farmatting. Um, Farmatting is one of my favorite locations in the book. The whole no storyline, and is it? I feel like it might start in Winter's Heart. Yeah. I think so. So is that book 10? I don't, I can't spoil anything, but there's this one moment that I have such a visual connection to when I read it. I feel like I can see it in my head and it's just like, oh, it's so cool. But Mm -hmm. this place is just really interesting. At some point we need to do an episode completely on farm adding. I agree. I was... When I was looking into stuff last night, I actually started reading about farmatting in the Wheel of Time Companion. That and was there me are... this morning. I got <laughs> so sidetracked because I was going back and I was like, what happens in this chapter? I have mm-hmm. to go back. Yeah. And farmatting, like one of the really interesting things about farmatting is no one can channel there. Like, and it's not that like the people don't like have the ability to channel or have it born in them like it would anywhere else in the Westlands. It's just that this particular area has some sort of crazy terangrial. Yeah, is it like the the guardian or something? That might be one of them. Yes. Well, they have, isn't that, I don't know if it's two or one, but one cancels like all the effects so that people can't channel. And then there's another one that is literally like a tracking beam that can locate when channeling happens. Which shouldn't so, be able to happen inside a city where you already have a Tarangriol that makes it so you can't channel. That confused me last night. I was like, wait a minute. Is that right? Because, I mean, if they can't channel, how can you have a Tarangriol that can identify anyone that channels within your... I don't know. It confused right, it me. Can, it can detect Sidar or sighting. I'm just wondering mm-hmm. if it... Can it also detect the true power versus mm-hmm. the one power? 
So if there's some shady dark friend situation going on, like that's a good question. Interesting. Okay, but we're we're gonna talk about Varen. Yeah, (laughs) but I mean, it does kind of come in with with Varen, and this is actually just a little further down in our notes, and I'm just gonna grab it real quick because. And like the the quote in the Wiki Wheel of Time says, it is the only known significant human settlement where channelers are unable to access or even sense the presence of the true source. And that's from the Wiki Wheel of Time. Um, So how did Vera know that she could channel? I'm just wondering. I mean, she would have had to have left, either left the city and noticed it or... You know how if there's a channeler that's in a setting and they can't channel within the setting, but like they can the still moment, feel that it's there. Yeah, they can still feel it. So I just wonder if like people that can channel that grow up in farmatting, if they have like a sense of like melancholy or emptiness, mm. like a feeling that there's something wrong. Wrong. Interesting. Ooh, that's a really good point. That's a really so there's good There's like a lot of like depressed channelers and farmatting that have no idea what's wrong. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Um so also in the Wheel of Time wiki, there's a there's a farmatting saying of small hopes can grow surprising fruits. And I feel that this is really appropriate for Varen. Um because she gets into situations where it's probably hard for like high hopes to survive, but mm-hmm. you can still feel that there is hope within Varen as a character. And I, I really, I like that. And I think we can like come back to that when we like move into the spoiler section, because it really ties into like how her character develops, which we can't get into now. But I thought that was, that was fun. Um, and also before she came to the tower, I thought this was really interesting because we don't, we don't get a lot of like what happened before the characters become Aes Sedai, but Varen was actually going to get married before she found out she could channel. And so like, I think it even says something in the companion about how she still remembers, um, the sweet smile of the boy she was going to marry. Um, oh, Varen. Yes. Varen had thought of marrying a boy named Edwin, who had a mischievous smile that she remembered fondly. And I thought that was really sweet and a little tragic. And like, I feel like she, yeah, she, she deserves a little romantic interest. Right. And that she still remembers it and kind of holds it close to her. Like, I don't know. We just don't talk enough about Aes Sedai in the way that their lives were before maybe that's okay there's already 14 bucks do we need that much extra information (laughs) yes we do (laughs) yes we do and that's why we have a podcast (laughs) i want all the information i did like i did like too when i was kind of looking around digging around there's one little moment and i i believe that it stems from new spring where she's sneaking swan and moraine little like sweets and Mm -hmm. stuff it's just kind of like it's kind of a sweet situation where it's just like, oh, Varen, like she was just she was just a caring person. You know what I mean? And I feel yes. like that that doesn't come out in her personality immediately. Mm-hmm. 
so when you get little moments like this, like, oh, she was in, kind of like engaged or whatever, mm-hmm. or she was sneaking off these two young novices or accepted to go get little treats from mm-hmm. the kitchen at night. It's just really cute. And she seems like a bit of a rule breaker, possibly, or like, oh, I'm going to use one of my favorite words for one of my friends that likes to call me this, a scoff law. Like (laughs) someone who just is like okay with the laws that they decide they're okay with and like just kind of like to all the other ones that they think are stupid. So Varen kind of feels that way a little bit. And like this is part of her background, but we really don't find out about it until later in this series. She apparently did something in farmatting in her youth before she became an Aes Sedai that she could have been arrested for. So what? That I think is crazy. <laughs> like Sweet, I love this. Plump Varen mm-hmm. doing something mischievous, maybe getting arrested. That's just crazy. Because, because we know um I found a quote earlier today. Mm. I love a good quote. Let me see if I can find it. Yeah, for sure. Um it was basically talking about her situation with being kind of like banned from the city. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, good. Because I couldn't um, find anything on it. I just like quick read over it in the companion last night. Can you tell I was like off this week? <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Did you find it? Yay. I found it. So this is, I brought it up later and we, we'll talk about it when we get there. Mm-hmm. But it's the same thing. It's one of these unanswered questions. What happened in Far Matting? Why was she exiled? Mm-hmm. And in chapter 25 of Winter's Heart, she thinks to herself, she suspected the warrants for Varen Mathwin's exile had never been suspended. Mm-hmm. So not only was she exiled, but there are like warrants out for her. So her being in the city would be extremely dangerous. And then mm-hmm. that goes back to the question, like, what happened? Yep. And I, I want to know. Yeah, it's really, really interesting. <laughs> and I mean, at this, when she goes back, she's 150 years old. So, mm-hmm. I mean, she's outlived the majority of people who probably would have been involved in whatever she did that her warrants would still be out there for. So the fact that they would still be on record to me, it just makes me feel like she did something really bad. But Varen, what was it? What was it? Did you make too many cookies for the council and they were sad? (laughs) What is it? We know in Winter's Heart at one point, because they do have this Tarangriel that detects channeling mm-hmm. but the question is how do you channel when they have the other Tarangriol that blocks any channeling yes so won't go too much into it now we can talk about it later because it's yeah. a little but still you know maybe something for new readers that I don't want to go too far into because it's kind of a big plot line that's true but that's true good point but her, it's just so the- hard to talk about her. I'm so sorry. It's just so hard to talk about her without being like all the way through the series and talk about all the things. So guys, if you're just starting, keep going. Keep going. It gets yeah. so good. <laughs> and I love to when I when I was looking her up, she is only five feet tall. That She's is tiny. so tiny. I know, right? I mean, That's I'm five, really cute. five four. 
between 5'3 and 5'4. Yeah, and me too. I, yeah. I consider myself short. Me too. <laughs> five feet. Five feet? That's I almost feel like shorter I would, than me. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, can you imagine how hard it must be for her to reach all those books she needs? Right. <laughs> her forehead, like her, the top of her head would go to like the my second eyes. shelf. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she uses those uh, big those ladders, ladders. That roll. yeah <laughs> yep they have those hide brothers and i use them and it scares the crap out of me every time i do but i'm like that book that book i need that book up there yep that would be Varen. she's a she's adept at using mm-hmm. she probably just uses a fucking weave who am i kidding why would she <laughs> why would she climb a ladder the when books. she could just like wave her hand and have it come down to her and then she is also described as plump which i feel is like maybe my body shape i feel like i fall in the plump category maybe me. <laughs> um <laughs> that helps me like think of how she looks you know like she's not lara sized and she's not like slim and tiny like moraine so she's like me a little in between and i like a little that. in between another reason to kind of identify with this character um i love a lot of the artwork for her online because it yeah a lot of it really looks similar to what i had in my head yes yep i love it when it lines up like that because so often like you'll have an idea of what a character looks like and other people will have a completely different idea of what that character looks like mm-hmm. and but on varin i feel like most people have almost the exact same idea of what she looks mm-hmm. like and i think good job robert jordan i know you're yeah. done and all but wherever your soul is the wiki says with a square ageless face she looks placid <laughs> <laughs> I love that they use the word placid. It's because it's such a like it has such a specific feeling to it, you know? Like Is that she's similar not, to like vapid. Yeah, like just kind of like do 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 humdrum. Nothing yeah. excites me. I'm just I'm I'm placid like a pool of water before land throws moraine into it. That's what she is. <laughs> Um, so she sounds pretty normal. And I yeah. think that that is like kind of unsuspecting. I think it's nice. Exactly. It allows her to like kind of be there without having attention drawn, drawn yeah. to her. Yeah. Like she's not beautiful in a way that some of our characters are. And she's not homely. She's just this kind she's of not a, auntie. She's not a pretty little porcelain doll or yeah. having resting bitch face like Elida. <laughs> she is somewhere <laughs> on a different spectrum. Totally true. So with those things in mind, you and I went through and did like a little, I love that you brought Octavia Spencer in for this too, because I love her. Yes. So uh, for, the, for fan the fan casting. casting, this is actually Santi, our friend Santi had posted on in uh, on Twitter, I believe. And he was like, ever since I read Varen, like this is how I see her. And I love that because she has that really mm. like like we have in the notes, you can she Farron reminds people of like an elderly aunt or an mm-hmm. innkeeper. Mm-hmm. And I can totally see that with her. But you have some really good picks. Well, thank you. Um, I know we had like we've mentioned Octavia Spencer in the past because I thought she'd make mm-hmm. a great Laris. Mm-hmm. And I actually just watched Self Made on Netflix that has Octavia Spencer as Madam C.J. Walker. And 
She is incredible. She is absolutely incredible. So if they can get her to fill a character role <laughs> in Wheel of Time. That would be awesome. Yeah. So good job, Santi. I really like that. The first person, I, I kind of put these in order of save the best one for last. So my first fan casting was Gina Davis. She does I, have, I she has that. kind of that square face. She She's really good at just kind of. I don't want to say fading into the background, but she, like, other than her height, like her height would make it really hard for her to be Varen because Gina Davis, if I'm not mistaken, is fairly she's tall. She's very tall. Yeah. yeah. But she does have that very ageless face. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, she has, she has aged beautifully. Like she is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. But I mean, all they would have to do is give her a little bit of gray hair here and mm-hmm. there. Yeah, it would be her. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Except the height, maybe. The height was the only thing that kind of like made me put her at like my number three spot instead of like a little further down. But then the second one I had, unless you had anything more to say about Gina Davis. Okay. So the second one I had is Imelda Staunton. And I hope I said that right. She's the actress that plays. Oh, my God, I can't remember. I can't believe I've heard of this. Umbridge, Professor Umbridge in the Harry Potter movies, which, of course, you haven't seen. Um, <laughs> I'm probably, like, the only person that has not you know read what? or watched Harry Potter. I Keep tried. That status. I, fell I love it. <laughs> I want to see what she looks like. Yeah, I love the Harry Potter films, and I loved the books as well. And we've been reading the illustrated versions with... Arthur, but we kind of stopped it before, right? Okay. Yep. Yeah. Like she's very slight. Like she's she's a little plump, but she's short. She She has like an auntie face. Exactly. She's actually going to be playing Queen Elizabeth II in. uh, Oh yeah, I can definitely see that. Yeah, she's the she's the next the next version that they're going to be pulling in. So yeah, she, to me, she feels like she would be a really good Varen. And in particular, because I've seen her play as Professor Umbridge, she has that ability to be what the character requires her to be, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And with like the idea of Varen, like when we talk about Varen in the books, like after she's an Aes Sedai and everything, like she always has ink stains on her nose or she's staring yes. off into nowhere and people are like, what are you doing? And she has a tendency to go on big tangents when she's talking about stuff. I don't have any idea what that must be like. Because I always stay on topic. Um, But (laughs) I just, I feel like she would be able to have that vapid to sharp. She's got kind of this, she looks quirky. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like she looks a bit unsuspecting. Like would you Mm -hmm. suspect that woman of being up to anything? You know? (laughs) She just, she just looks really sweet. I didn't say that. We probably shouldn't say that she's up to something. <laughs> well, I mean kind of like in any way, you know, because like I said, I just aren't trusted in general by the majority of people. Like the idea of like I said, I saying what they like speaking the truth, but it's their truth. So like Varen is one of those women who has the capability of looking trustworthy. You know what I mean? So that gives yeah. her kind of an edge above other I said, I because she does look and feel like an auntie that you go to when you're in trouble for something. She does look yes. like the kind of woman who leaves cookies out for you Absolutely. when you've had a rough day. Like, so that's, I think that's what I mean in that regard. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Definitely. Okay, cool. 
Yeah. Um, and then you save the best for last. Oh my gosh, this is so good. This, yeah, you have to put this on Twitter because I'm shocked and amazed. <laughs> it's pretty amazing. So my number one choice is Kathy Najimi, I think is how you say her last name. And she was, um, she was in Sister Act. Sister, Sister Mary. Mary something. Something. Clarence. Si- I don't know. I don't- no, that was, Sister Mary Clarence was uh, Whoopi oh, was Goldberg. Whoopi Goldberg's character? Okay, okay. But she she was considerably heavier in Sister mm. Act than she is now. Mm-hmm. But, holy shit, is mm-hmm. she not Varen? Yeah. I'm looking at these two photos that you have side by side, and I can't believe it. I know, <laughs> <her>. right? <laughs> like, as I was scrolling, because I was looking for actresses like, in their 50s and 60s just to kind of see like who would make a good choice for this selection and when i came across this photo of her i just was like oh oh her her, her voice is in my head now like right? if i think of varen speaking like it's in her voice now yep. <laughs> yeah and i just i think she, i mean she looks fantastic i think you could put her in that role yeah, she's and beautiful she'd be perfect for it so i'll put Absolutely. those up on i'll either do i'll do that on twitter later like just to like kind of toss it out there that that was something that we were talking about and just how good this character choice is you know mm-hmm. yeah oh it's so good it's so good i'm so I'm glad just you like it i'm just picturing her in the brown dress Mm-hmm. And with her little skull in her chambers with her pet owl. Yep. And just everything fits. She's, I mean, in this image, she's already wearing a brown cardigan. She's like halfway there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's so good. If she just had an ink stain on her nose, mm-hmm. perfect. That's how, like, someone should call her and be like, hey, I have an idea for you. You know, like you need to yeah. tag her. Is she on Twitter? Tag her. Be like, by tag the way, her. by the way, in case no one has sent you a script for this yet, could you please like suggest yourself for this role? Because I'd love to see you there. Well, Varen shows up relatively early, so I'm she does. I'm, su- I'm surprised they haven't announced her casting yet. But I agree. I think people would just freak. Like mm-hmm. w- I would. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd be I've, I'd be more excited for her casting than Elaine. Has that been announced yet? No. Oh. Some people don't even think that there will be an Elaine. Really? Like she'll get chopped. Oh wow! Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. I, th- I think they'll have her. I mean, there's. I don't know. I just feel like with more gays and Elaine. Yeah, we can yeah. We could go on and yeah, on about yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know that. Um, so Varen went to the White Tower in, let's see here, 864 NE. And she spent five years as a novice and six as an accepted. And she was raised to the shawl in 875 NE. So that made her... 26? She's about 150. Yeah, towards the end of the book. So I was trying to figure out how old she was when she became an Aes Sedai. Uh, because some, so often going through the books, and I know we've talked about this before, but it just seems like such young people being put into positions of power. And I'm like, how can you mm-hmm. know anything in your early 20s? Even your late 20s is a little questionable. But, mm-hmm. you know, anyway. Uh, but what I liked about what they said about it in the Wheel of Time companion, she chooses the brown Aja, um, 
which extra points for her for that because fuck mm-hmm. yeah, the brown Aja. Um, but in the companion, it says she was surprised, pleased, and frightened altogether when she passed the test and learned she could indeed become Aes Sedai. Isn't that Aww. sweet? Like she had this thing inside her where she was like, this might not happen for me, but she did it. Yay, Baron. I, I feel just like, like that. yeah, I feel like earlier what we said about far matting, I mean, Katsuina's from far matting. Mm. I just wonder, there's a lot of interesting questions there. Can you imagine feeling this like emptiness inside of you and not knowing what it was? Yeah. And then you step outside the city and you can, you know, like you can feel something mm-hmm. like inside you. Like begging I, to I be mean, used. Yeah. If if I were scouting for Aes Sedai, looking for these young women, I would just be posted like right outside of our matting and waiting for people to come out and like looking to see if, you know, I could sense it. Mm-hmm. Because these these people would just have no idea. They would have to have felt something off, mm-hmm. you know, their whole lives. Maybe that's why I actually need Zoloft. I'm a channeler in a world, <laughs> right? Maybe that's where I maybe can't that's what happened. <laughs> yeah, this isn't. Yeah, we are. I don't know if we are in a past world or a future world, but maybe there is a giant Tarangriel everywhere. <laughs> It's not it's not out of the question. <laughs> Anything is possible. Right. Um, so she, she did Go oh, ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> no you. No you. No you. You hang up first. No you hang up first. I wonder how many people do people still do that? The no you hang up first thing. One, two, three, bye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Varen had a warder. Thomas was bonded to Varen. I always hear it, Tomas. Tomas? For some reason. (laughs) Maybe that's closer to right. Tomas instead of Thomas. Tomas. I like it. Um, And we don't get a whole lot of information about him. He just kind of does the warder thing and is there. Yeah, he was was bonded to Varen after her first warder died. Mm -hmm. We don't have a lot of information on him, the first warder. And we don't have a lot of information on Tomas either, except that he does have a living family. Mm -hmm. And he's short and stocky with gray hair. Mm -hmm. So he sounds like a good match. Short and stocky, gray hair. Plump. Kind of a badass. Yeah. yeah. This sounds this sounds accurate. This sounds like an ideal match. I like it. Oh, my document did not upload because I added something earlier. Hmm. Do you need a refresher? Oh, no. Oh, no. What happened? Well, I did add to the section where we were talking about her strength in the one power. Mm. So um, if I can recall correctly, she is incredibly strong for an Aes Sedai. Mm-hmm. And on top of being strong, she has a lily brooch on Griol. Yes. And that makes her even stronger. So she, with her on Griol, she could be one of the strongest channelers in the tower up until a point. Mm-hmm. And I mean, she's also has some other interesting characteristics mm-hmm. about her channeling and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I do think that she's very formidable. She's got a lot of, you know, she's got a lot of power there. Mm-hmm. And 
she'd be able to throw down <laughs> when agree. push came to shove. Yeah. Yeah. So her unsuspecting kind of nice, pleasant little uh, facade mm-hmm. maybe would make her completely <laughs> like you would it, she would turn heads mm-hmm. and you see this little woman like just blasting the power at anything mm-hmm. you know if she's getting attacked like she would just be like that would be crazy right yeah i can Having totally little see woman her, like, just, just go wild her ground and being yes. like yeah right you're gonna get past me come at me exactly trollocs <laughs> <laughs> yeah but she does um she does have a lot of interesting characteristics. Mm-hmm. And before we go into them, I kind of just wanted to talk a little bit about the brown Aja because I feel like this is a big part of who she is. I agree. And I mean, it, it, it's that way with every Aes Sedai. Mm-hmm. Each one has, you know, their calling. But with Varen, I feel a little bit more strongly so. Mm-hmm. And so the brown Aja is the fourth largest Aja in the tower. They are usually considered to be preoccupied or distracted, which, hello, that fits. <laughs> they usually don't care about being fashionable. And, you know, like they wouldn't be embarrassed to wear wrinkled clothes or have ink stains <laughs> on the nose. Or have their and hair be messy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the brown Aja are night owls, so like they are the <laughs> they are asleep when everyone is awake sometimes, and awake when everyone else is asleep. So it's really interesting to think about the brown Aja quarters, mm-hmm. like being like bustling and busy at, <laughs> at night in the morning. Right? Yeah. yeah. I this just is why I would all... fit in with them so well. Right? <laughs> 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 they are all insomniacs. <laughs> I would have so many people to talk to when I couldn't sleep right. if I were just right. brown Aja. <laughs> and can you imagine how much more work you could get done oh my when God. everyone else is asleep and not bothering you? Right. Like, I get that. Yeah. I would like that. Mm-hmm, me too. Mm-hmm. And another interesting thing that I found out, and I didn't know this until I read it, but the brown Aja is where all female channelers from the Atha'an Mir go. So really? if you're a tinker and you're, you can channel, they 100% only go to the brown Aja. That makes so much it, sense. Yeah, with the whole like pacifism thing. Yeah, yeah, that's do you totally think, makes sense. Do you think they're looking for the song? <laughs> maybe in Tarvalon's library. Maybe they're looking for the song. <laughs> that is a great uh, theory. That's so funny. That's what they're all doing. Hmm. Hmm. I love it when something makes me actually want to like dive into a physical place within the wheel of time that I know I can't ever touch because now I'm like why can't I go to the tower's library I just want to so bad (laughs) absolutely yeah um so yeah I think all of those things is there anything else to say about the brown brown aja um I mean there's a lot to say (laughs) about the brown aja but we're just but, gonna do like this, like the little kind of overview, yeah, and how well it matches Varen and like her specific mm-hmm. characteristics. Okay, cool, yeah, because I I love the brown Aja. I for the longest time I thought I'd be blue, and then I was like, nah. You're you're a brown. You're a blue whose goal is that of a brown. <laughs> that sounds right. We can do that. 
But yeah, Varen has a lot of unique qualities and characteristics that make her a very interesting character. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, some of them are to be expected of a member of the Brown Aja, but I do believe there are things that put her in a league above others. Mm -hmm. I agree. Yeah. Um, And we kind of just picked out some adjectives and characteristics and kind of put them into groups. mm -hmm. Yeah, I think the first one we did that were like typical for a brown... uh, Bookish and ink stains. <laughs> so many ink stains. <laughs> I love that. That's one of the things I actually really like about the browns and the books themselves because the thought of ink stains now, like in our modern time, is kind of like unusual. <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah. how in the world do you get an ink stain? But when you think about a world where the writing is done with like a quill pen and an ink mm-hmm. pot. Of course you'd have ink stains everywhere. You don't have time to think about anything other than the knowledge you're accumulating. It just makes sense right. if you're a brown. So I write that shit down. Exactly. Fast. Do it now. Because I will forget in five seconds mm-hmm. <laughs> what it was going to be. Um and then what we had dreamy, distracted, disjointed from the world around them. And thorough like I think those were like some of the the things mm-hmm. that we kind of wanted to apply to to Varen mm-hmm. yeah and then some of her other characteristics that are I would say unique mm-hmm. or maybe slightly untypical for a brown mm-hmm. is Varen has been described as being mysterious mm-hmm. or worldly like well-traveled mm-hmm. a skilled healer and very skilled at delving And I think that's really interesting because delving is super rare. Mm -hmm. There are not a lot of Aes Sedai that can do this. Mm -hmm. And that's basically, if you don't know what it is, it's where someone uses the one power to kind of investigate like a sickness or an injury inside your body. Mm -hmm. And then just because someone can be experienced in delving and finding this underlying, Mm -hmm. you know, problem – that doesn't mean that they can heal it, but Varen possesses both of these qualities. She can actually, heal very well, and she can delve. It says in the companion that she had some ability with healing, but not great. But I've always thought of her as a skilled healer as well. So let's just go with that. <laughs> weird. Isn't that I weird? I look up now. Because when I saw that, I was like, like, I immediately was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then I remembered reading last night. <clears throat> it's a good thing it was just last night. <laughs> right. <laughs> Had it been like a day or two before, I would have forgotten all about it. That's why I take notes, because I forget everything. Maybe. Um... Okay, you're right. You're right. Her heal she, her healing skill is no more than average, mm-hmm. but she can still do both. Her skill in earth is quite feeble, mm-hmm. is what it says. Yeah. So that's interesting. I yeah, think it, even I, to be able to do both is kind of impressive. Yeah, and I in some ways I almost feel like her ability to delve being the way that it is, because I think like she even feels as though no one is better than she is at delving. Like, I feel as though that's something that, ha- like, either she's expressed or has been expressed somewhere in the books. But, like, she thinks that, like, no one does it better than her. But it's kind of it's kind of weird that that would be so strong, but then her healing ability, not so much. So it feels kind of 
I like that she's prideful, though. Like, yes. I am great at delving. Yeah, like she just <laughs> totally owns that. Like, that's the thing that she knows she's really good at. Um, I like this next one. Yeah, Varen doesn't seem to mind a bit of danger, which, I mean, we should have figured out, you know, from the fact that she has warrants for her arrest yes. and was exiled from her home city. I mean, yeah. she had to have done something for that. Right. Um, But... The thing, like the physical thing that tips someone off to that is she has a scar on her arm that she came or that she claimed came from a visit to Teleron Riyadh. Um, and World of Dreams 101 needed? Yeah. yeah. I think we need to do a mm-hmm. World of Dreams one. I really want to. Like I'm, I'm mm-hmm. in the last book right now. Yes, let's do a World of Dreams 101. <laughs> yeah. But... Um, I originally kind of wondered if the, like, if she had used a dream Trongreal, because I had been reading it in the wiki, but the companion confirms that she uses the stone, uh, Trongreal, and that she was given that by Coronin Sedai. Like, whoever, like, she's mentioned a couple different times as a, I think she was a brown who studied Tarangriol and what they did. And this was one of the ones that she had found and that Varen then found later. So she's been in the world of dreams, which also puts her in a unique category because so few Aes Sedai have the ability to be dreamers or mm-hmm. know how to use the Tarangriol that are in the tower for mm-hmm. dreaming. So the fact that she was there, the fact that the world of dreams as we come to learn throughout the book can be, or books, plural, good Lord. Um, but the fact that, <laughs> the fact that like we know that that place is dangerous makes me wonder like what kind of danger did she get herself into while in the world of dreams? And good on you, Varen, for like mm-hmm. going to a place that was so dangerous. But she was healed, like healed with a capital H, healed. And she still had a scar. So it's just one of those things that, translates into the world of dreams still translating back into the waking world does that make sense do you yeah do you remember if she had also some i can't remember exactly what the term is called but she also has the ability to work with weather cloud like a cloud cloud dancing Cloud dancing. Thank mm-hmm. you. Yeah. yeah. I just read that last night. <laughs> she can do, yeah. She can do that as well. So, like, she has all of these really cool qualities. Mm-hmm. And um, I did notice here the next part is kind of more like our personal reactions to Varen. Mm-hmm. And I think we should probably save that until after the break. Oh, I agree. I agree. I agree. Okay. I agree. So, if you are... If you're ready, we can take our little break. Yeah, and I don't then come back with all the all the spoilers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because I mean, I can't I can't even say anything because that's like how eager I am to like talk about the spoiler section with Varen in it. And everyone who's read the whole series knows what's coming up. Everyone who hasn't used this to push yourself through the series if you haven't. Yeah had the urge to just race to the end like really really read what she says mm, that's a good suggestion yeah she's she's got really cool abilities and Mm -hmm. characteristics and i think you will you'll be very satisfied 
I agree. With this character. Yeah. Definitely. So All right. let's go with that and then break. take our break. <sighs> Good break. And and we are back. And we're back. Okay. So I, I love that you wanted to hold off on personal reactions to Varen <laughs> because I remember and I don't know if you you know what? You tell the story. It's your story, you tell it. But it's still one of my favorite interactions we've had around this whole series. I don't remember if you had asked me about Varen or if I brought it up on my own, but the topic came to Varen and I was like, Tracy, like in this, I think like, I don't know if you were shocked or just amazed or what. Both. Both. <laughs> but she came up. And I think you had asked how I feel about her. And I just flat out remember being like, I hate her. Mm -hmm. I absolutely loathe her. Um, I don't trust her. I think she's up to something. And she was probably the first character in the books that I had such a strong negative opinion about. Mm -hmm. And it was like seething. <laughs> I think I remember you saying that you wanted to push her off a cliff. Yeah. I, yeah, I think that's what it was when you said it, and I was like, "Are we talking about the same Varen?" Yeah. <laughs> when I was like, "What? What makes you hate her so much, Amber?" Like, I was just so curious. Like, what had made you feel this way about her? Oh yes, I, and I wrote, I I typed out all of the reasons. I I went back and I thought it out, and I'm like, this moment, this moment, and this moment, and yeah, mm -hmm. that's what did it for me. But you had written that you didn't really you, – yeah, you had she really, a different <laughs> – Yeah, she really didn't pop out to me as, like, a character to pay attention to necessarily. Mm -hmm. um, like, she was just kind of there in the background doing things. And it really wasn't until after Dumai's Wells and mm -hmm. the, the Aes Sedai mm -hmm. had sworn to Rand and she was – like, she was – interrogating mm -hmm. like some of some of the other Aes Sedai and you realize this weave that she's like meticulously slowly placing over the women that she's talking to is compulsion and yeah. it's like wait a minute what <laughs> you're using compulsion on your Aes Sedai sisters who are you why are you doing that like that was the right. first like big ping for me where I was like I should maybe pay closer attention to Varen. <laughs> yeah. So my, yeah, my very first issue that I had with her is she shows up after Faldara in the Great Hunt mm -hmm. and she tells the, you know, posse basically that Moraine had sent her. Mm -hmm. And then later on it's revealed to not be the case. Mm -hmm. But, you know, with I said I speak, that can give a lot of leeway. Absolutely. So at this point, I wasn't even focusing on the fact that I said I can't lie. I was just thinking like, okay, this is shady. Mm -hmm. And I I almost, thinking back now, like I almost maybe would have preferred if that had not happened because it, I had such a strong like visceral reaction to it that everything she did after that point, I was like, oh, what is she up to? <laughs> So like it almost, yeah, it almost was like too much. Like it was almost too much of like a light bulb where it's like, look at her, look at her, look at her. Mm -hmm. And I feel like maybe if that wouldn't have been there, I would have been super surprised later on 
But I will say that for the fandom, this moment is a huge deal. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I came into the books way later than a lot of people. So there's already all of these theories and stuff to look at. Mm -hmm. And I know that one of them that I read is there is a way that this wasn't a lie because when the dagger and the horn of Belier get taken, Moraine is talking to Perrin, I think, mm-hmm. and Varen is there, and they come to the conclusion that the two items are together, and she says, you know, something to the effect of, like, we need to go get these. We need to go find these things. Mm-hmm. And she says it in front of Varen, but not, like, specifically to her. She mm-hmm. just makes the general statement, we have to go do this. And then Varen says later on, well, Moraine sent me. Mm-hmm. So maybe her saying we have to go get these two rare, you know, things is cause enough for Varen to say, well, yeah, Moraine sent me. I'm here to help go Mm -hmm. retrieve these items so I really really like that thought but it is so like it's just so obvious when she says Moraine sent me and then Moraine's kind of like I I didn't you know and so I'm almost wondering if like did that maybe like tip Moraine off and then Mm. because later on she tells Rand you know like don't trust anyone don't mm-hmm. trust any Aes Sedai and I'm almost wondering it's it's like did Moraine maybe like well and we also know that Moraine has this background association with the Black Aja like mm-hmm. she is one of the few Aes Sedai who isn't just willing to admit that the Black Aja exists but has She's actively <laughs> interacted with it exactly like her life was threatened. Oh, that ending of that ending of New Spring is just <gasps> badass. It's so good, but it's also like there were so many moments where it was like hard not to sob over what was happening, you mm-hmm. know? Like so I feel as though for her, she knows the Black Aja is all over the place. And to say don't trust any Isodai just makes sense. Right. But I also feel as though her saying that pushes Rand in a really dark direction that leaves him Mm -hmm. kind of rudderless until much later in the series which makes me kind of hate him at moments but Mm -hmm. i don't i don't know we're talking yeah there's a real snowball effect there with moraine's words that really does affect him a lot yep but so the next thing that happened that (laughs) really really upset me (laughs) is Varen is with Alana when she bonds Rand against his will. Yeah. And just you know, reaches in, out and does it. Yeah. And in the, the Wheel of Time world, this is like the equivalent of rape. Mm-hmm. And Varen kind of just shrugs it off like mm-hmm. that was unfortunate. Mm-hmm. And I am just like, what? Like, are you fucking kidding me? That's it? That's all you're mm-hmm. going to say? And again, got. yeah, this is. This is like this awful inception into someone's thoughts and feelings, and it's completely intrusive, and it's so wrong. Mm -hmm. And all of this makes me so, so angry. And Varen just 
it, it it's like not even on her radar. And so at this point, I was like, just fuck you, Varen. This is awful. Like, you're an awful mm-hmm. person for being with Alana, for not doing anything about this. Why didn't you take her to the tower? You know, but I guess, of course, at that point in time, maybe the tower wouldn't have cared because yeah. of who was in charge. Right. And I mean, at the time. Like, what could Varen the, really like this, have done? Yeah, because the schism has already taken place. And it's while, like, Varen is in Camelin at this time that they find out about that split. Because they'd been in the Two Rivers. Her and Alana had been in the Two Rivers, and they'd brought a bunch of oh Two my Rivers God. girls who could yeah. channel. This was in Lord of Chaos, and this this part had me, like, screaming. I'm like, okay, now there's this woman that I don't trust. She's got a group of young girls that she took from the Two Rivers. Oh, my God. Is she going to kill them? Is she going to murder them is she gonna do something awful and then it kind of just goes nowhere (laughs) (laughs) yeah so i mean i forgot what i was gonna say uh oh so wheel of time companion talks about this just a little bit um as well uh and like there's kind of a um an assumption that mm-hmm. the reason why Varen didn't react as strongly as she could have was inspired by her need to be close to Rand without I was just going to say that. Close to Rand. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. She needed that. So, it, it really works to her advantage to have this, like, tracking device on him. Exactly. Because now she can know where he is and through Alana feel what he's feeling. And so mm-hmm. maybe that does help her protect him in some way Mm -hmm. but still it is awful (laughs) agreed rand really doesn't like it and i don't blame him and then yeah and then there's the third which you had kind of talked about um (laughs) you know her compulsion and she also at one point attempts to poison cad swain which yes she she's making a drink and she's about to put a little vial of something in Cad Swain's drink, but doesn't. And mm. I'm thinking like, okay, well that completely goes against the three oaths. So like, you're a dark friend. I know it. Like I felt it from the very beginning before I even knew what a dark friend was. I was like, she is untrustworthy. She is up to something. There is something with her character. There is so much foreshadowing here that there has to be something going on. Mm -hmm. And then when there's this big reveal, I was Mm -hmm. kind of like, well, I saw it coming. Like I wasn't (laughs) shocked or anything. And then of course, when she reveals to be actually you know, one of the good ones, mm-hmm. then I'm like, oh, okay. But I feel like it it lost a lot of the surprise for me. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Like, I felt maybe the foreshadowing was a little bit heavy-handed, but I still love her character, and I still love how everything ended up. Mm-hmm. And I think my favorite moments of Varen are – We'll get to it later, but basically when she meets up with Matt and yes, there's yes. a lot was, going on. I was just thinking of that exact moment. Yeah. 
Um, and I did have a link to Varen's letters. If we want to go into it a little bit later, we can. But yeah. we can probably skip it for now mm-hmm. and see how we're doing on time. Well, and I wanted to kind of like touch on like what built up like my reactions to her because I yes. had a very different experience from you. Like when when Varen comes into Aguine's room, Aguine is dressed as a novice, which means she's wearing white. And mm-hmm. Varen says to Aguine, your dress is blue. And immediately, Aguine knows something's up. Or green. This could be is it green? Green. Whatever. She says it's is a it, color. Yeah. It was a it's lie. It's a color. Yeah. It was, <laughs> it was a lie. It was a flat out, indisputable lie. And she basically just like calmly sits down and is like, so hey. I'm the Black I'm, Aja. I'm Black Aja. And... uh I just wanted to let you know that because I've been keeping records of them secretly for a really long time. And it really wasn't like my idea to become Black Aja. I was just real nosy and curious and wanted to know everything and started to uncover a bunch of shit about them and was like, hey, uh, now I'm in trouble and I either become Black Aja or I die. So I'm going to become Black Aja, but I'm going to turn my skills as a brown and my secret code that I have created for myself mm-hmm. in my notes into a weapon, basically. And so she has all these notes. She has all this information. And I actually had a thought when we were talking about her warder at this point. So mm-hmm. her first warder dies. Mm-hmm. Does her first warder die because Varen unwittingly uncovers the black Aja and has to become a black sister, which then means that her warder becomes aware of the fact that she is now a dark friend when she had not been before. Are you saying she killed her warder or the, or the black Aja possibly killed her first warder? Do you think that that's possible? I feel like it's possible. I don't see. I don't know this, this, uh, this gets really complicated for me. So, I, I would love to know more backstory on this, like mm. what led up to the choice of either be killed or become a dark friend. Mm-hmm. You know, was she following them too closely well, and get caught? Let's see here. The companion. I mean, I mean or did they like she approach says, her? Like, you'd make great Black Aja material, <laughs> <laughs> you know? We're recruiting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. In the companion, it says she joined the Black Aja in 929 NE under duress. So 929, she is 60, 80 years old at that point, okay. roughly. Um, so like half her age. Yeah, when she was caught while studying rumors and tales and got very close to dis- to discovering who some of the members were. So... That's what that's the thing. Like, I don't understand. It doesn't make sense because if she got caught getting too close, Mm -hmm. wouldn't they think she was spying on them and just kill her? I mean, or they were like, what are you doing? And she was like, "Uh, I'm interested in becoming a member. (laughs) (laughs) Which at that time she might not have been able to say because of the three oaths, you know? Right. So it's just, it's really complicated and it's kind of just, it's hard to wrap my head around everything. Mm -hmm. But I also think, I think that some of the things that we find out about the women who do become Black Aja is 
so many of them seem to have become Black Aja not out of a sincere desire to be an acolyte to the Dark One, but to access more power. Power. And, like, none of them ever really thought that, you know, after thousands of years, the Dark One was actually going to finally show up show during up. their lifetime. So mm-hmm. it, it feels as though, it, like, I Sheriam is the first one that comes to mind when I think about Black Aja who are... Black Aja for reasons other than, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, a sincere belief in the Great Lord, you know. Um, but Varen, like Varen coming to a queen, I'm gonna circle back to personal reactions so that we can move forward. Um, that moment hit me, like her drinking the tea, her being there, about to die. She's free of her oaths to the black aja to the dark one and mm-hmm. she gives Egwene this information which later turns into a mass execution right of the black aja and varen isn't ever given her due through this i mean she dies and then Egwene has to have like another novice or something come in who comes in and cleans up the body because, like, Varen just gets kind of, like, yeah. taken away through a gateway, right? Yeah. yeah. She shows one of the novices how to do it and then, like, is like, get get her out of here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's just... But I don't know. Like, it, it, it almost is fitting in a way mm. because think of all of the... She... I mean... To be honest, she probably had to do a lot of horrible things to prove yes. that she was trustworthy to the yeah. Black Aja. Mm-hmm. And like you said, maybe she had to have her warder killed or maybe they killed him. Mm-hmm. And we've seen things that she's done that aren't great. <laughs> <laughs> like but, using compulsion on her on her fellow sisters. Right. But in the end, what she did was really, really necessary mm-hmm. For the Dragon Reborn, for Tarman Gaiden, for the White Tower. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like, it's it's a total gray character. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of the times I see people with this overflowing love for Varen. Like, she had to, you know, like, all that she sacrificed, all that she did. And I totally understand that. But, like, I feel like I just have to kind of point out, like, she did a lot of terrible stuff, too. Indeed. Indeed. But I guess that goes right into my critiques and praise for Varen. That is actually in here uh, in the companion. Though she had to join... Though she had joined to save her own hide, she gathered as much information on the Black Aja as she could. As she drank poison tea, she turned the information over to Egwene. Even her, in her death, she revealed information that was of use to the forces of good, which she hoped would balance some of the atrocities that she had committed on orders from the Black Aja. And See? I love that they use the word atrocities. Mm-hmm. It's not even like it's like she was involved in some dubious stuff. It's atrocities. <laughs> yeah. So like me, what I think atrocities like murdering babies. You know, like yeah. it has to be kind of bad to use that word. So yeah, she's definitely probably she's definitely yeah, probably is that is that an oxymoron? <laughs> but this, I mean, this all makes sense why she is considered so worldly can you imagine that's probably why she's traveling all the time yeah so that she's not under you know 
the focus mm-hmm. of the Black Aja. Like she has to keep going and moving. Ooh, and- that makes a lot of sense. We see how the Black Aja has a tendency to, what is it like? They travel, they have hearts. Is that what it is? Like that's their like little group within like the larger group so that they never know more than like <laughs> Like two. a murder of crows. <laughs> or... <laughs> they are the, the mini hearts within the large heart of the Black Aja. That just seems kind of weird. But I think that that's, that's the term that's used for like their tiny group. So if Varen's out and about doing other shit, she can't mm-hmm. be under a close. That's actually a really good point. I hadn't really thought about that. Yeah. Interesting. And it's. And it's really interesting, too, how every time she does pop up, there is crazy things going on. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's not it's not like Robert Jordan to give us a character and give us points of view from this character and lots of moments with this character to put them in focus and then not do anything with them. Mm-hmm. So she's one of these people where... At first, I'm kind of like, well, why should I care about her? Why mm-hmm. does she keep coming up? Mm-hmm. And it it really, like, is a big, like, neon arrow. Like, check her out. Like, well, yes. things are going down. She's and every there with- time she's doing something interesting. Mm-hmm. She was there with the Horn of Valir when it gets yep. delivered to the White Tower. Mm-hmm. She's there when Matt gets healed from the dagger. Mm-hmm. Um, she's there. Battle when, of Emmons Field. Yep, she's there when Perrin shows up in Emmons Field, and her and Alana are hanging out there. She's in Camelin when, like, she finds out about the schism and everything going on. She's part of finding that huge she, trove of two Wivers girls who can channel. Yeah. Like, she goes to Farmatting, even though she's not allowed to be there. Good point. Because Rand runs off there, mm-hmm. and she follows him there. Ends up like. Getting, you know, grouped in with Nynaeve and uh, Cad Swain and mm-hmm. this group. So, Wasn't yeah. Alana like, with them, too? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the whole reason they found it. Oh, yeah, because they used Alana <laughs> to, find, yeah. to find Rand. That's right. And Rand keeps feeling her getting closer and closer, and he keeps getting, like, angrier and angrier. Mm-hmm. But so, yeah. And another thing, too, is... I really think that we have to talk about how much of a master manipulator she is because this is, you know, like the Aes Sedai are schemers, but this is just a whole nother level. She's, you know, basically working as a double agent. Mm -hmm. And like, I do remember at one point, I think it's a new spring, it brings up that she was one of Moraine's instructors. Mm -hmm. And I almost wonder if that rubbed off on Moraine because <laughs> Moraine is also like she is crafty mm-hmm. like but yeah she's kind of this you know Varen is mysterious and cagey and it's always in the back of my mind you know thinking like it's just how is she covering up her like tactical mm-hmm. you know all of her kind of manipulations and stuff it's really interesting yeah i love i was gonna say i love that like part of that double agent is having written her notes in a code and the only way to break the code is to have the accompanying text that breaks the code and i yeah total spy work double agent thing like I love it. I love that. If if it wouldn't give things away, I would name the episode Varen Double Agent. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love this quote from Cad Swain, and she says, 
Varen was not nearly as vague as she pretended. Some Browns really were capable of tripping over their own feet from not noticing them, but Varen was one of those who wore an assumed cloak of unworldliness. That's so perfect. This was from Crossroads of Twilight, and it's, yeah, it's so great. It's perfect. And I mean, if you don't, like, if, if, I don't know, it's so hard to think of, like, how they're going to do this in the TV show. Mm -hmm. I'm very curious, but I, I mean... In all honesty, like, I think that she is the perfect brown. Mm -hmm. Like, she's – we talked about her characteristics that make her so fun. Mm -hmm. And thinking about what we've talked about, I feel so many things about her. (laughs) You know, like Mm -hmm. mistrust, anger. Mm -hmm. And then when I understand what she sacrificed, I myself feel upset for being so harsh to judge her. You know? Yeah. It's like, damn it, Robert Jordan, why are you making me feel all these things? Right. Cut that but, out. Yeah. So, like, it obviously would have been her curiosity that drove her to do something incredibly reckless, mm-hmm. but incredibly brave. Mm-hmm. You know, she could have been killed, captured, or worse. But due to her being so quick witted and brave, she found a way to keep herself alive and mm-hmm. to continue studying the Black Aja. Mm-hmm. So, kudos. Seriously. Um, and I mean, the, the setup of like, once you get that little bit of background on her, that she doesn't mind a little danger, that she has this warrant for her arrest, this exile from her home, like it just adds to her even more, you know, like, of course you can see her doing this. Like in some ways, this is another way that I relate with her. She is the idiom curiosity killed the cat. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Like she pushed for the things that she wanted to learn about and paid a price for it. And Mm -hmm. she still made the decision to take the opportunity to learn, which is a perfect brown thing to do. Yeah. So thorough. Like she had to see it out to the very end. And the very end was her poisoning herself. Right. So that she could share all of her information with Egwene. Yeah. Passing on this knowledge. Mm -hmm. And then Egwene turning around and like calling up all of the black Aja that they can. and Setting up a guillotine. (laughs) It's so it's so weird to think of that because like. Sometimes the things that happen in the books are really easy to kind of gloss over and just kind of see it, but not really see it. Like well, in a sense of how brutal it really is. Exactly. Or? Yes, yes, exactly. And this is one of those moments where the idea of over 50 women being beheaded in a single round is incredible. Yeah. That's a lot. Like, think about it. that's. That's just right? a, that's just a big job. They would have had to trade out like executioners because they would just get tired of swinging that damn axe. Right. Like right. because do you think they use no? Do, do you they think channel they use it? the power? Yeah. Well, do they do they still them first then do it? I don't remember. I feel like if there's that many, no, they don't have time for that shit. <laughs> like, yeah, you know? yeah. Like anyway, that that's just one of those things. Like I think about it because I I really love studying. Uh, the French Revolution and the use of the guillotine and mass executions is just terrifying. Like <laughs> the gu- the guillotine dropped 
so often in the square of like wherever it was inside Paris that the citizens became upset about it and asked them to move it because they were tired of hearing it. Well, yeah, that's like, I mean, I get irate on a weekend morning when someone's mowing <laughs> their lawn. lawn. <laughs> Germans I are mean, funny about that. There are laws in place so that you mm, aren't disturbing your neighbors, but it's, so I don't know, they're, they're tearing down a building across the street, a beautiful mm. old building to mm. make a fucking car park. <gasps> yeah, not that's happy tragic. about it. Tragic. tragic. But it's so loud. And I'm like, okay. (laughs) Like, I can understand hearing the, like, cha-chonk, cha-chonk, cha-chonk. That would get kind of um, dark and unsettling. But at the same time, like, how accustomed to it had they become? How numb to it had they become? That they were like, you know what? We're just tired of listening to the sounds of it. You know? Mm -hmm. Like, it wasn't even a push of protest because it's all these people dying. It was more a push of protest because of the sound. And it's just, the world is a very bizarre place. Anyway, it's just, to me, sometimes I think a lot about, like, those little details. Like, what Mm -hmm. was this really like? I think about... No, that's a great point. Like, this little, like, micro Mm -hmm. moment Moment. in the books that's just, you know, it doesn't really get explored a lot because mm-hmm. there's so much other stuff going on. Mm-hmm. You don't even have a second to really think about it. Yeah. And I know with me, I will like speed read. Like me too. I get so hyped up on, yeah. you know, what's going to happen next that I don't stop to like really feel or think about, yep. you know. The moment as it's happening. Right. But in, in Varen's moment, especially in a reread for me, I always read every page, you know, because I'm like, <laughs> <gasps> Okay. What it's a gonna reveal. be interesting. It's oh gonna my be God. Yeah, yeah. Like listen, what do you have to say, Varen? I want more. Ugh, right? it's so awful. I just wanna hug her so hard in that moment and be like, You wonderful woman. You wonderful woman. Yeah. <laughs> Favorite so, Varen moments? Hinder hinder Hinderstap? <laughs> yeah. It was after Hinderstap. <laughs> with her letter and she's you know she's interrupting matt is making this completely convoluted scheme about i don't even remember what if he was trying to get people in yeah yeah like a play yep and this is i mean i know people don't like some of brandon sanderson's work with matt but i do not give a shit because i laughed my ass off i love it I was, I know where I was. I was sitting in bed reading this and I was just like crying because mm-hmm. I was laughing so hard. It's so ridiculous. Yep. I, I <laughs> love the Baron image shows, of him in that yeah. moment where he's like got his sheaf of papers and his coordinating his mouth and he's like, but yeah. I had really good backstories. And then his one, like uh, the guy in the band who like after all of Matt's plans fell apart and he's like, am I still worried about my sick aunt? Like, Matt's like, she never existed. (laughs) Yeah, and then, like, Baron just shows up and makes this whole, you know, convoluted scheme pointless. Mm -hmm. And it's just, I don't know, it's just funny. But I I think maybe that's my favorite because it is so Mm lighthearted. And then, of course, with Varen, my favorite moments is, you know, it's all the foreshadowing. Mm Mm-hmm. And after reading, you know, passages like that, like in The Great Hunt, where I really thought I had pieced her character out and mm-hmm. kind of being surprised how it ended. Mm-hmm. But 
I did find, this is where I told you I opened up the book, The Great Hunt last night. And this was literally the page that I opened up to. And I wasn't even looking for anything. And it was just like looking at me right there. But <laughs> it was looking for you. Yes, <laughs> Tavirin. <laughs> but this is from Perrin's point of view. And he's thinking, he says, oh, light, Rand. Perrin thought, light, don't. He's talking about Varen. Don't mm-hmm. let her use you. Rand's hands were pressing on the tabletop so hard that his knuckles were white, but his voice was steady. His eyes never left the Aes Sedai. First, we have to take back the horn and the dagger. Then it is done, Varen. Then it is done. Watching Varen smile, small and mysterious, Perrin felt a chill. He did not think Rand knew half of what he thought he did. Not half. So what, what I love quote. about this. What a good quote. Yeah. What I love about this is we know that Perrin has this ability to kind of sniff out other people's feelings. Literally. And yeah. And <laughs> with the and this is before he's really like honing his mm-hmm. you know, his he's just kind of coming. Skills. Yeah, he's just kind of coming into it. Yeah. And for him to have this moment of he says Varen's smile was small and mysterious, and he 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 gets a chill from it. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, oh my god! Like Perrin, you know, you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. Tell him, tell it's his, someone. It's his thoughtful nature that mm-hmm. lets him see like what others aren't necessarily seeing. Right? Oof. Yeah. Oof. One of my favorite moments with Varen actually comes shortly after that, I believe. Because isn't it after this that they use the portal stones? Yes. Yeah. So I, that moment with Varen telling Rand, like, I think you can do it like this, but I can't do it. And her staring at him, knowing that if someone's going to channel, it's going to be him. Like, she's forcing him. She's pushing him. To show him. Yep. To make him use his channeling ability that he's trying to deny he even has. He's trying not to touch it. Like, Rand is still at this moment fighting with who he is. And Mm -hmm. Varen's, like, nudging him along. It's another one of those really subtle places where Varen is super important, but she's also just kind of there, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, Like, for you, I feel as though you saw a neon sign. For me, I saw, like, just... I don't know. Maybe I was young and naive. <laughs> and well, I just, I always like when she comes up and she says that Moraine sent her, for me, like when I first read that, I was in my teens and I was like, yeah, oh, there's Moraine no way as sent yeah, her a no note. Way, there's no way as a teenager I would have, would have looked at this. Yeah. Like, like and, I was always had like the same she idea. Had, yeah, I always felt like she had the other people's best interests in mind. You know, like she fucking fights Trollocs in Emmons right. Field as a Black Aja, you know? So, like, okay, here's another thing that I have to ask because under the Forsaken, I think it is it Ishamael who wants the Dragon Reborn, he wants Rand to stay alive and people are under orders not to kill him. Yeah. So I almost wonder if, like, Varen is keeping him alive. Like, she's still fulfilling the duty of, like, these yes. orders of, like, keeping mm-hmm. him alive. So, like, it's a really weird thing where it's, like, 
you can look at it so many ways and she is so I don't know, she is just so mischievous to where you can't tell who she's really in it for. Yeah. You know, yeah. until the very end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's I think, you know, why I really like when she shows up in Hinder's tap and then <laughs> these letters are given out. And I think the letters are really important. I don't think we'll have time to get to it today, mm. but it's it's a lot of information mm. and it's a really fun read. So I would really like recommend if if you really like Varen, like go back and look at these letters because there's a lot of cool stuff in them. Yeah, I'll def I'll add the link that you have in our doc to our show notes so that people will have easy yeah. access to it. Yeah, and this is – the link is from the 13th Depository, which is an amazing website. (laughs) But this – yeah, it's it's a lot of – it's a really good, like, summary of the letters, so. I'll check it out. I did not get a chance to look into that before we recorded today. And one of the things that – like, it's – it's the thing that sticks out the most to me about Varen's letters. So I just like kind of want to mention it real quick because <laughs> yeah. it goes into her feeling as though she has Matt kind of figured out because she thinks oh he's my just God. too impetuous and there's no way that he's going to last as long as she has mm-hmm. asked him to, to open oh, that yeah. letter. And she was so wrong. <laughs> no, this is what, this is exactly what I wrote. Well, she kind of stepped in it there, didn't she? Right, right. <laughs> she really underestimated how stubborn Matt is. Mm-hmm. And I mean, she expected him to be so curious that he would not be able to wait. And then it's like, poor Oliver. Right. He's like, <laughs> it's like, what are you doing? What are you opening? And he's like, I think someone should take a look at this. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Hmm. But that's that's one of the things about the the letters that I really like. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. So for for the TV show, do you think they should change anything or no? Do you think her the Varen plot line should be canon? Nothing changes. I do. Okay, I disagree. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I would switch it. Okay, what would you do? What would you do? Okay, so I feel like all of the book readers are going to know, obviously, right off the start, like, okay, it's Varen. Like, be ready, be expecting something. So, for one, they haven't announced her. Mm. So, what if she's not even cast? Like, what if there (gasps) is no Varen? But, you know. We need Varen. Right, there wasn't an announcement. That doesn't mean that she she hasn't been cast, but they could be, be like keeping it a secret. But if we do get a Varen, I would have her come out to Egwene like she does in the books, but make her manuscript like a big book of lies. So it would like point the finger at innocent Aes Sedai, and then we're left thinking like, oh shit, did they change Varen into a bad guy? Mm. And then have it go a little bit further... And maybe it turns out that it's a triple twist and maybe like the Masana had tampered with the book and they find out later. So like it actually was Varen being like the good guy and it was just kind of like she was just kind of like switched up with some business with the Forsaken because Masana is in the tower at this point. Yeah. And, and I, posing like, as a brown. Right. So um, 
there would be that opportunity to make Egwene feel like, okay, like all this information, I've got, you know, everything I need now. And mm-hmm. then it turns out that these women are actually in the Black Aja. And then I would team Egwene up with Cad Swain because I love Cad Swain, Me but too. I feel like her character there's a lot of roughness to it. And mm-hmm. I feel like maybe we could give her something to make her a little bit less unlikable, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so, because Cad Swain had said, you know, her biggest um, failure in life was not stamping out the Black Aja when she, you know, like that's what she wanted to do mm-hmm. with like every fiber of her soul. She says it. This is like her biggest, you know, disappointment, I guess, her biggest regret. Yeah. And then put her and Egwene together, have them deal with all of the Black Aja within the tower, mm. and then get like a confession or something out of Masana that the book was switched and Varen actually was doing everything she could to help. So then you would have like kind of a couple twists, but I don't know. I you love could play with it a lot. I love how <laughs> you've just completely flipped it then flipped it then flipped it like (laughs) I love that you did that because for me I'm like no leave Varen exactly as she is like her subtlety the little hints or neon signs depending on who's reading it yeah you can keep that yeah keep all of that because I feel as though it's really I think it's set up so well in the books that even if you feel as though Varen is up to something you are either at that point when you get the reveal that she's Black Aja, you are either like, oh my God, what the fuck? Or you're like, I fucking knew it. Like you were. Right. <laughs> and so I feel as though that is she, is she not? And the way that it's handled in the books, like I just, I think it's such a good plot line. I think that the fact that Aguine is some of the, like, part of the Elaine Nynaeve Aguine hunt for the Black Aja. Like, for her, this isn't mm-hmm. just like, oh, my God, I'm just finding out about the Black Aja for the first time, which would be most of the mm-hmm. other Aes Sedai. She's already been on the hunt against these women's, her, mm-hmm. women's? These women's? Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's not a real word. Um, so, she, I mean, her life has been threatened by mm-hmm. the Black Aja directly. And so she has this personal vendetta against the Black Aja that's right. almost as strong against the, like what she feels for the Shanchen. And for Varen mm-hmm. to be able to hand this information over to Gween, for Gween to be the Amaralyn that oversees mm-hmm. this mass execution of the Black Aja is just such a good plot line. Like it feels oh, good. Yes. Like it feels like Things are dark and bad, but there's hope. And we come back to that all the time. There's always that hope. That's kind of why I want Egwene to be able to, like, figure it out on her own. Mm. Like, because she is so competent. But I know that some people feel as though, like, Egwene was kind of, like, just given this position. And I don't agree with that personally. Like, I think she trained and what we talked about last night with water and shade like she Mm -hmm. is just like this student of the world she really is and i feel like teaming her up with cad swain who is old school Aes Sedai through and through has lived 
forever, you know, such a long life. And for them to get together and feed off of the information that each other knows. And because I feel like she could be kind of a mentor to Egwene, maybe like soften Cad Swain up just a little bit. Yeah. And then give the two of them this, you know, giant task that they conquer on their own without anything being handed to them. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm Mm-hmm. But I don't know. It's they they could do so much. And yep. what what I had said earlier is like just you know what? Or TV show, Wheel of Time, Amazon, if you're listening, probably not. Uh, <laughs> yes, they some, are. Yeah, give us some backstory. Like I want that new spring prequel with Baron mm. and Tomas and what, you know, happened when she was almost caught and mm-hmm. you know, like, ooh, that would be that would be real fun. <laughs> Her that would be so fun. Her whole backstory, just the little pieces that we get of it, makes me feel as though she's one of those characters who could do a standalone. You know? Oh yes, absolutely. I, That's why I'm saying, like, I would definitely like if I could choose a prequel story, like, and you know, Tamal Thor and you know Rand's beginning before he is born, the Aiel War. Mm-hmm. No, like give me Varen and Tomas and what happened with the Black Aja and what happened in Far Matting. Like mm-hmm. that is, I love a good mystery. <laughs> me too. And I think, and I mean, I think that would give a really good way of like answering some of our questions around Far Matting too, you know? Yes. Like I wanted, that and Far is- Matting is so cool. We need to do so an episode cool. on that. So out of this episode, we're going to do... <laughs> <laughs> uh, world far of matting. dreams far yes. matting what was the other thing that we had been talking about i don't remember but that's at least two extra episodes we'll have to like record topics around yes. yeah and if you're listening if there is a topic that you would really like us Ooh, to cover yeah, that's yeah a send good us idea. a message because we are always plotting and thinking of what to do next mm-hmm. and sometimes you know, the most obvious thing isn't <laughs> realized until later. So. Exactly. Exactly. It's always good to have more opinions tossed in there. As long as yeah. they're nice opinions, be nice about it. <laughs> Please. I hate how you feel about Varen. I'm never listening to you again. <laughs> Fine. Not sorry. Um, I just, I just think that the the TV show should just leave leave it as is, and I love that you Perfect. have the opposite opinion, <laughs> and you have well, like it's... plotted out possibilities of what yes. they could do instead. That's just fucking brilliant. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Thank you. You're this welcome. Is my own fan fiction. But see, that's what I love about working with you. Feel is you're free like, to love it or hate it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> 10 out of 10 would recommend. Isn't that tens, what the... Tens, tens, across the board. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Okay, and you have here some unanswered questions. And I yeah. I love them. Do we want to get into them? We're at about an hour 45. Oh, I think we do. We have time for this. What do you think? Um, The first one we already covered. Okay. Formatting. Why yep. was she exiled? We talked about um, that. Yeah. Uh. I'm curious Ooh. to know how long she was planning on waiting to kill herself. That's you know? a really good was question. It possible maybe that things just got thrown into motion when Egwene needed help and the White Tower was at, 
risk. Mm-hmm. Because she says during this big reveal to Egwene that she had not intended to kill herself unless there was no other choice. Mm-hmm. And she still had things she wanted to do, but unfortunately had not been able to find the oath rod to try and remove her black Aja oaths with. Mm-hmm. So she really had to make a choice there. She couldn't be with Rand and be working, you know, to heal the White Tower and fix things. So it's curious. To, I just kind of wonder, like, what her plans were, mm-hmm. how she thought maybe, like, things would turn up and how how it changed. Yeah. But I think, too, after doing the research and kind of looking at Varen and trying to take all of these different aspects of her and kind of, like, you know, like, Mm-hmm. building something out of mm-hmm. it um before i when i was just writing the um document i my question to myself was where do her greatest loyalties lie is it the dragon reborn is it Egwene, the longevity mm. of the white tower mm-hmm. and after all of you know this looking Mm-hmm. I think it's just possible, like possibly all three. You know, she's the ultimate champion of the light in the end, because one of the first things she does during her goodbye with Egwene is congratulating her for her achievement in the White Tower. Mm-hmm. So that's like the first thing she says. So obviously, the White Tower would have been like a very important thing for her to bring up. Mm-hmm. And she explains the only reason she wasn't there to help was because of the importance of helping the Dragon Reborn, and she couldn't be in two places at once. So she wanted to help the White Tower. She mm-hmm. wanted to help the Dragon Reborn. She, you know, was looking out for Egwene, mm-hmm. and I just think, you know, this puts her in the position of wanting the best for all three, mm-hmm. you know? She was very loyal to Rand. She was loyal to Egwene. She was loyal to the White Tower, mm-hmm. despite it being completely infiltrated. And she had to, like, pick and choose. She couldn't be in three places at once. So The other thing that's interesting is that she goes to Egwene and not Elida. Like, she goes to the novice Amerlin, not mm-hmm. what is the falsely raised mm-hmm. Amerlin. She yes. acknowledges Egwene's power and ability to actually do something about this. So that in and of itself is kind of incredible. Like she chooses the queen. I wish I could put Cad Swain in the White Tower when all this is going on. Mm, it never would have happened. <laughs> <laughs> Cad well, Swain would have been like, I see through your shit. Cut that I out. Just, I feel like having Egwene and Cad Swain together would just make epic reading. Oh, yeah. Because – you know how Egwene is just like a sponge. Mm-hmm. And if you put her in the room with Cad Swain, she would be like, tell me everything. Yep. And then when it turns out like how Egwene's end, how how everything happens, mm-hmm. she puts Cad Swain in her place as the Amerlin. Mm-hmm. So like, wouldn't it have been nice for them to be on the same page a little bit and spend some time together before it happened? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Do they ever meet? That's what I was thinking about. I'm like, I can't even think i can't think if they do or not Hmm. someone knows someone knows i i just i can't remember if they've ever really come across each other in the stories i have a new fan cast for cat swain i'll tell you about later because we should also do a cat Cat swain Swain episode episode. (laughs) (laughs) i was thinking the same thing world of dreams uh cat swain 
Farmatting. Farmatting. Three. There we go. Three more. <laughs> we do have on our list that we want to do nations and cities and customs and clothing and yes. all kinds of things. Because they're just so... I love how rich this world is. It's so fun to step into a world that's mm-hmm. not your own and get, like, buried in it. I love it. It is. Buried in a good way, not in a bad way. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Bury Help me. Help me. <laughs> Help Sometimes I do feel that way. Like, I get so sucked under in the books that, like, my family's like, what are you doing? Can you at least, like, look up every once in a while? No! Let us know you're alive. (laughs) I'm buried in this book, and I love it. I do love it. I love that we get to do this. We do this every week. It's so much fun. Oh, you know what we forgot to mention? What? This month is our (gasps) six-month anniversary. Yeah, we are the road to Tarvalin six months old. It is. We're still kind of babies, but yeah, we. I I would love to redo our very our first, very first episode. episode. I really I think our idea of like playing it and commenting on it, it would just be so funny. Like it's our very first recording together, and. Mm-hmm. I mean, what it took for us to be able to get to that recording and where we've come from and what we've learned and like, I don't know. And I am in the camp where I'm like, just burn it, Tracy. I don't ever (laughs) want to hear it. (laughs) Uh, I don't know. I listened to a piece of it not too long ago because I was looking for something. Um, It's not that bad. That is a very polite way. <laughs> it's my very polite I, way of saying we've grown so much in six months. <laughs> yeah. Um, in this moment, I didn't hate it. <laughs> y- yes. Yes. I didn't hate it. I didn't hate it. I don't know. I'm just, I'm really proud of us because it's yeah, really, it's it... actually really hard to start a podcast. It's, it's hard to start any project and stick to it. And the trick is to like, be consistent and show up and have good teamwork. And I just feel... I don't know how we've done it. I mean... We have good teamwork. We're consistent. Yeah. We show up. Well, I mean, I mean, you know, like life happens. Mm-hmm. That's, but somehow we, we've made it this far and yeah. I want to keep going. So. I know. I'm, I'm so proud of us. I've even like, I've been invited to join a couple different things that are happening at the university. And Mm -hmm. before I say yes to anything, I think about how it affects my ability to make this podcast. (laughs) Like, I think about my family and my friend schedule and my personal needs schedule and my road to Tarvalon schedule because I don't want to give this up. I have so much fun and we have met so many cool people. And I mean, we talked about this last night with Zoe and Sam saying like, this is a sanity saver for us. And I was so, I loved that they said the same thing. Mm -hmm. It's Right now, we need laughter. We need levity. We need a little break from reality. And I just love that it's this. And that I get to talk with you in Germany, six-hour time difference. (laughs) Every Sunday. Every Sunday. We just sit here Mm -hmm. and we talk. And, I mean, we were kind of doing that anyway. (laughs) So, if you're listening and you would like us to re- Oh yeah! I even say that. Re- react to our first. React episode. to ourselves. Yeah, our first episode. <laughs> react. Let us know. That could be funny. It could be very embarrassing and hilarious. <laughs> and I'm sure there will be lots of laughter if we decide to do it. 
I think know what you think. I think if we do end up doing it, that will be a morning for mimosas. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Like, can I handle this? Can I handle this sober? Will it be okay? Will I make it through? <laughs> the, okay, the more you talk about this, the more I want to do it. I know, right? <laughs> it would be really funny. <sighs> We can't okay. take ourselves too seriously. If we ever do, this just won't be nearly as much fun. No. And like, no. that's kind of the whole objective is to just have fun. And we do. And I really and, hope that our listeners do too. And thanks for joining us. Yeah. Yeah. On the road. We will continue to release new episodes every Wednesday. We would love if you would subscribe to the podcast. Leave us reviews and share us with your friends and the Wheel of Time community. We sure would. Let us know what you thought of our content. Correct us. Send us things we may have missed. You can find links to our email and social media accounts in the show notes. And if you have the Anchor app, leave a voice message for us to play in upcoming episodes. We also voice have a Discord channel. Voice messages are amazing. They really are. We haven't had one for a minute. I kind of want one. Robert. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> uh, we also have a Discord channel. Uh, you can find that. You can like ask us for a link to that. Because we do have to send an invite for it, right? Yeah. And there is an invite stickied to That's right. the Road to Tarvalin Twitter account. That's right. So. Yeah. Yep. You can find it there. Perfect. Love that. So until next week. Thanks for joining us on the Road to Tarvalon.